Welcome to the Mike Ricksecker Audio Journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Everybody going live here with the shadow person presentation from Ocean State Paracon. Just give us a few minutes as we set up and get started. Good afternoon, folks. It's day two. Sorry to get to be here earlier. They had the panel, so I had to come out a little bit later. Was everybody here yesterday? Is your first day? Anybody first timers? Anybody here for the first day? You? Okay. So you know how this works? You ever been to Ocean State Paracon before? Oh, you have a booth out there. Perfect. Okay. So you got to meet. Did everybody meet somebody? Did everybody do what I said yesterday? Go and meet somebody, shake a hand, make a friend, give a hug, share some positive energy. So today we want to keep that energy up. I know it's kind of muggy outside, energy's down. So just kind of keep your energy up. You know what I'm saying? If you feel low, come, I'll give you a hug. I'll give you some energy if you need some, all right? Share that love, share that energy. That's what the world definitely needs is positivity. So I do definitely encourage people to do that. But today we still have great panels, great lectures. Today we have a gentleman who came all the way from Ohio to be here. Um, it's his first time. He hasn't been in New England area in a long time. He is, his presentation is called Shadow People. His name is Mr. Mike Ricksecker. So give him a round of applause, folks. Make him feel welcome. Make him feel at home. And when you get a chance later, make sure you go out there and meet him again. Shake his hand and let him know how we get around here in New England, okay? All right, folks. Mr. Mike Ricksecker. All right, good afternoon. Glad everybody could make it today. So, show of hands, how many people are actually familiar with me? Um, okay, well, give me a minute here to pick up the shattered pieces of my broken heart. <laughs> but uh, for those of you that are, this may be, may be a little bit of a repeat for those that are familiar with me. So, Mike Ricksecker, I've been involved with the paranormal some way, shape, or form for about the past 25 years. Um, really started a bit earlier than that with my first shadow person experience when I was a child. So I'm going to get a little bit into that first, and then we're going to cover kind of the conventional uh, you know, theories about what shadow people are, different types of shadow people, and then we'll get into some maybe unconventional type things and share some experiences as well. So hopefully I uh, know the logistics of this thing. So how do we change the page here? Right on the side. There we go, so shadow people, all right. <laughs> so, all right, well, when I was about eight or nine years old, I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw this thing in the corner of my room. Uh, artist Adam Tillery's done a fantastic job of illustrating what I saw. So, and anybody that's been on my Facebook <laughs> the past couple of days, you actually got to see the house, the corner room, in the actual window that's here because I was just recently back in my old hometown in Westfield, Massachusetts for the first time in 28 years <laughs> visiting. So yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night and saw this in my bedroom. Of course, being a child, as young as I was, I had no idea that you called it a shadow person. All I thought was there was an intruder in the house and I was terrified. So opened my mouth, tried to scream. Of course, nothing came out because I was just too terrified. Well. This thing did one of the more unusual things that I've heard about shadow people over the years. It actually approached me, leaned down over my bed, and then crossed my arms across my body. It actually literally touched me, crossed my arms across my body. And then it ran off down the hall um, and into it was the uh, middle closet in the, uh, in the hallway. No idea why it went in there. 
So I finally found my voice, found my legs, got up, ran to my parents' bedroom, screaming about what had just happened. Of course, being good parents, they're trying to console me, saying, oh, you just had a bad dream, it's okay. Um, but I was awake the whole time. It was something that seriously, legitimately happened to me. And we'll talk a little bit about it later with uh, sleep paralysis and, and whatnot, how you know, a lot of the medical community says, well, you're experiencing uh, you know, sleep paralysis and the hallucination between a, uh, you know, the dream state and the awake state and all these other things. But just note from the story here, I certainly wasn't paralyzed. My mouth opened to try to scream, couldn't. But then my arms crossed across my body, and then I was able to turn my head and look down the hall. So I wasn't paralyzed during this. We'll talk a little bit about that later. So following this, that was the only incident that ever really happened in that house. So I could never really call it a haunted house. Then when I moved from Massachusetts to Ohio when I was 13 years old, I had another incident with a shadow person there, very different. And what happened there was, as I was unpacking boxes, you know, all clothes, whatever, putting things away, I kept seeing somebody out of the corner of my eye in the doorway. And I turn and look, and they dart away. This happened a number of times as I'm unpacking and putting things away. Well, I ended up asking my mother about this if she had seen the same thing. And she actually had. So I started calling it Tom, like peeping Tom. <laughs> and um, so I'd be unpacking something. Oh, hey, Tom, how's it going? And he'd dart away. So this only happened for a couple of months, and then it stopped. I ended up chalking it up to something was there, was curious about who we were, new people in this house, deemed that we were okay, and then went on its merry way to wherever. No idea where. So a little bit more about my paranormal journey before we start getting into like, different types of shadow people. So my first quote-unquote paranormal investigation, if you really want to call it that, it, it was, um, but it kind of helped you know, lift me into, into the field. I was a, uh, about 15 years old, and my friend David and I went to visit our friend Lori. She was in an older historic house in downtown Worcester, Ohio. And we're just kind of, you know, talking, chatting, high school drama, all that stuff. And she all of a sudden mentioned that, you know, I think my bedroom is haunted. Oh, really? Okay. And she was talking about how there was this one wall in her bedroom that she would tack things up on, you know, posters, what have you. And they would always just fall down out, off the wall at, at some point in time, whether it was a few minutes later, a few hours later, or whatever, but she couldn't ever get anything to stick there. So we decided we're going to go upstairs and have a look at it. And so we're up there, we're tacking things up on the wall, checking it out. And I didn't know about this, uh, about my friend David at that time, but he was extremely sensitive. And he decided that he was going to just put his hand flat on the wall all of a sudden, he turned this bright, bright red, started sweating profusely. I'd never seen anything like this before. I was like, what in the world's going on with my friend? You know, he started he holding his hand on the wall, taking a little bit, sweating. Oh my God, what in the world's going on? So he decided that he was going to go around the house, start touching other walls, and seeing what the hot spots were. And I, I knew then that this was a 
a field. I didn't even know it was a field at the time. This was something that was going to be a part of my life from then on forward. I was just so curious, so intrigued. You know, I'd been reading some Hans Holzer, um, and you know, that was actually a gift from my mother <laughs> when we moved out of Massachusetts. Yankee Gills, fantastic book. Um, of course, I, at that age, I read the Amityville Horror, and I was like, I want to go there. You know, check out what's going on. My little girlfriend, I had at the time, thought I was nuts. He's like, you should be scared of that, of that book. I'm like, no, no, I want to go there and see what happens. <laughs> um, so these are all kinds of things that got me into, um, into where I am today. And the, the writing part of it, because you know, I have all these books sitting out there on the table, um, that's something that's always been with me since I was seven years old. So I was writing mysteries, I was writing some ghost stories, writing some historic fiction. So that's something that's always been with me into where I am today. So we get into... Um, Types of shadow people. So this is kind of the more conventional uh, theories. In as humans, we like to classify things. You know, we we see a type of object or a type of being, and we notice that oh, there's different variations of these. So we have to start like categorizing and making sense of it all. So this is kind of what we've done over the years. So shadow people as a humanoid being, which is essentially what I saw that first time in my bedroom that night. Um, you know, it was featureless. You know, no real uh, facial features at all, which is dark, black, um, you know, looked like a person, but it wasn't. And I don't know if you can see this too well right here. So this was an investigation that, um, that we did at Campsville Grade School in Campsville, Illinois. My, uh, my partner, Shauna, and I uh, investigated here a couple years ago. She actually grew up in this school. And this was a shorter type of a shadow person that we discovered. We were in the gym, just sitting in the bleachers, and we'd already been investigating for a while that night. And what's interesting about this night is it had been storming earlier that evening. And we got a ton of activity after the storm. Of course, you know, we have those theories about how the um, energy from you know, electrical storms can really charge up an area. So we're sitting uh, across from um, this area over here is the boys' locker room and the stairway that goes down into the basement. And we're hearing somebody from over there. We have a nice video clip on the High Road Media YouTube channel of this. And we didn't see this at first. It took going back through the video to realize that this short shadow person was actually walking along over there. And um, we did some uh, tests later on to see you know, the height. We had Shauna stand over there by the doors that are there. And you're know, really about the height of a 10 or 11 year old. So possibly a former student, again, don't really know. Uh, we, we did some follow-up investigations and now we no longer have access because the local archeological society took it over. But um, it's one of our, really one of our better captures during an investigation is uh, this shallow person. And if you actually watch the video, you can kind of see it walking along a little bit. So this is one type of, of shadow person uh, that we've kind of classified here. The, humanoid figure. So then people are probably also familiar with the, the hat man. I've never actually seen the hat man, but I've heard a ton of people tell stories about the hat man. And he's generally considered a bit more nefarious. And I will kind of talk a little bit about um, the connotation that all shadow people are evil. And I don't believe they are. You know, the one that I was uh, 13 years old peeking in at the door, I mean, certainly not. I was just curious and didn't run off, I don't think it was evil at all. But the hat man is generally considered a, a bit more sinister in nature. 
you know, come in and, and terrify people. You know, wearing like a fedora type hat is usually uh, what he's considered. Sometimes wearing um, like a trench coat, that sort of thing. So, I mean, the description is almost like you know, a detective character out of my detective novels. <laughs> um, but again, a little bit more uh, sinister in nature. It comes into the bedroom, um, you know, scaring children, that sort of thing. Um, I've also heard you know, stories about him being flanked by a couple of humanoid-type shadow people. So there's a lot of different stories that we hear uh, regarding this type of shadow person. Um, then there is the hooded figure slash mist. And it looks like my text is a little skewed here, but that's okay. Um, in more recent years, I'm probably going to end up splitting this slide up a bit. Um, a lot of people have kind of lumped them together, the hooded figure. I mean, you think of somebody wearing kind of a cape and a hood. Um, again, kind of more sinister. Um, in the mist, that people have kind of really clumped these two together. Um, and the mist is the one that I really want to talk about more so. Um, because of an incident, I don't know how many people have seen the haunted episode uh, Monster in the Closet a few years back. So um, I'm going to show a deleted scene here. And basically, what was going on in this deleted scene? Now, the, let's give a little backstory of the, of the house. So this was out in Edmond, Oklahoma. We investigated there probably about five or six different times. Of course, the, the show makes it look like we investigated there once, and then all of a sudden uh, we were having uh, Carl Johnson come out there and, and cleanse the house. But we investigated there a number of times, and um, yes, Carl was brought out. And that was the, the big part of the episode was his, uh, the cleansing of the house, um, which was really intense. I, I definitely recommend watching the episode. Um, but in this particular case, the, uh, the cat, Jasmine, was running around uh, the house, very uh, skittish. Um, the girl, Talison, uh, who's an adult daughter, she kept seeing this entity with red eyes in her closet. Another type of shadow person with red eyes, of course, definitely more sinister in nature. And it kept terrorizing her, kept terrorizing her cat. And so we're investigating, and the cat's going you know, crazy around the house. So I start following it. I got to the door here and just stopped. I'm looking into the bedroom and there's just this large black mass, just it was like a mist that was hanging in the room. And it ended up just slowly dissipating away. I tried taking a photograph, unfortunately using a flash, and the flash just kind of obliterated uh, the entire room, so I didn't actually get it on photo. Smarter these days, I'm not using flashing cases like that. The cat ended up just taking off around the corner. She was out of there. So um, I'm going to play this video clip. I hope this plays properly here. Here we go. Do I have to hit something to play this? Yeah, I'm on the right slide. Jasmine reacting is significant. What's up, baby? Here. Something's bothering her. She's nervous or something. Animals have a higher perception of the paranormal than we do as humans. She stopped like she saw something. We knew something was definitely there in the room with us. All of a sudden, she took off. Kitty, kitty, kitty. Jasmine bolted away from the doorway. No, the cat didn't make it to the room. The cat, the cat went right here and stopped. All of a sudden, I saw this huge black mass. It was a massive black shadow. 
I was a bit startled just because of the size of it. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. It was yeah, it's been reacting to significant. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Um, so yeah, definitely, it, I mean, it was, it was huge. And like I said, it just kind of slowly dissipated away. So, and that's younger Mike. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it was interesting. The, uh, you know, the, the cat obviously had a reaction. And then just, you know, my visualization of it um, hanging there in the air and then slowly dissipating away. So it was something that was very different than what she was actually reporting there at the house. What she was reporting was this guy with the red eyes, and that was um, who was hanging out in her closet. And, you know, again, a, another type of entity, more sinister in nature. Um, he was terrorizing her, he was terrorizing the cat. Um, he had also been seen elsewhere in the house um, years beforehand when um, her brother was actually living there. He had long since moved out, but um, he had also uh, seen him earlier as well. Um, as the, uh, I, I was there as the team's historian and trying to do some research, and I was always trying to figure out whether or not he had something to do with the, um, it was the suicide of the father of the original homeowner who was living, uh, who was living with his son there and his son's wife. And he became uh, just, in, it was in her room. Uh, over time, he became very depressed, despondent, and he ended up taking a, a rifle um, and, and uh, unfortunately killing himself there in that room. And other people, like that particular homeowner, uh, during an argument with his wife, tried killing himself. There was an unfortunate incident. I was never able to confirm it, but a local uh, retired police officer had told me about a, uh, a teenager who had accidentally asphyxiated himself there. Um, so you have all these different types of deaths going on. So I always tried to figure out whether this entity that she was seeing was, you know, was it the uh, former uh, father of the homeowner, you know, or was it something that was maybe lingering there, you know, before the uh, house had been built and then was there, you know, terrorizing whoever moved in after that. Um, I did get a, the last name of the family was, was Kathy, and I did get an EVP that said, no, not Kathy, as I worked along those, uh, you know, that type of, uh, uh, I don't know what call it, interviews, that type of questioning is what I'm looking for. So, uh, definitely, definitely a uh, nefarious type of uh, shadow person. So, kind of goes both ways. So, I want to get into, um, okay, we'll get into the old hag here a little bit. So... Old hag syndrome is what it's called. This is where you wake up in the middle of the night, and a lot of times sleep paralysis is associated with this. And there's this, what they call the old hag sitting on your chest. Sometimes it's seen as an old woman, sometimes it's uh, seen as a ghoul, which is um, what's the, seen as the ghoul in this particular painting, which is called a nightmare. Um, and of course, you can see the mare back there. Um, there's a lot of, this was interesting when I was researching uh, this particular type of phenomenon. There are a lot of cultural references to this particular type of phenomenon from many cultures over thousands of years throughout world history. And I actually list out a number of them here, and I don't know how well you can read some of this. Um, you can see in Thailand, it was called Phyam, witch riding, um, Vietnam, Bong comes from is this old hat syndrome. And so, um, you know, like from Turkey here, uh, Karabasan, the dark oppressor. So all these things relating to this thing sitting on your chest. 
and then sleep paralysis. So, um, actually, I want to go back and talk a little. This is where I'll talk a little bit about sleep paralysis. Um, actually, maybe I do that later. <laughs> um, I can talk about it here if, we get, if there's another slide in it. I don't want to just fly through that. So, when it comes to sleep paralysis and the old HADS syndrome and what have you, now, Again, when I was a child and I saw the shadow person in my room, I didn't have that whole sleep paralysis moment. I was able to, again, yeah, arms crossed, I could turn my head, all that sort of thing. So, not applicable there. I've actually had real sleep paralysis where um, I was sitting down and just went to sleep <laughs> in a place I did not want to be sleeping. This happened to me a couple of times. Didn't see anything paranormal, didn't see any shadow people, nothing like that going on. And I was, I was terrified at the moment because, like I said, it was a place that I did not want to be uh, asleep at. So I was totally conscious, just I couldn't move at all. Very, very scary in that regard. Um, I ended up starting just thinking about, okay, can I at least wiggle my toes? And so I was able to do that, start wiggling my toes, and kind of work my way up my body, and then I was able to wake up. I'm not really sure how long I was out in that position for. Um, second time it happened, I wasn't as frightened because I'd already experienced it and got through it one time. But again, there's no, um, there were no shadow people when that happened to me. I didn't see any of that. And when it comes to that, when it comes to the hallucinations that the medical community will say that you have it. Okay, you're waking up, you're hallucinating because you're still kind of in a dream state, so you see this thing you know, out in the corner. Well, I don't just dream about people, you know? You know I might dream about, you know, you know, cars down the road. I might dream about, you know, planes flying overhead. I might have some trees or something in my dreams. Um, I could throw this one out there. I've had dreams of being on stage with Motley Crue. So, you know, where's, where's the audience? Where's the drum kit? You know, where's, you know, where's Nikki Six? Yeah. Um, you know, or if it's a plane or a car, I don't see those in my room anywhere. It's always the uh, shadow person in the room. And that's what other people report. So I don't buy into that. Um, all right, the, uh, the wisp, this is more of what I saw when I was 13 years old and unpacking and would see this you know, thing kind of just dart off around the corner. One of the more interesting times that I've had while investigating the paranormal has been with a wisp, and this is what has really made me kind of rethink what shadow people actually are. And that was at a uh, location called Johnny V's. It was a restaurant out in Muskogee, Oklahoma. And we were really just finishing up this investigation. So we had a couple of people kind of sitting out in the restaurant area. One person was up in the bar area, and I was kind of doing just a, you know kind of laxing once through with my camera, getting some photographs and what have you. So I walk into the kitchen through the main doors. I don't know how well you can see it over here, but there's a uh, swinging metal door off over here, and I saw this just quick black wisp of something. It was like tall, slender, and just it darted so fast. <laughs> it just there it went, and it slammed through the door. You heard the bang as it went through it. The door didn't move at all. And I shouted out to the others, hey, did you hear that? And they're like, yeah, we heard that. What was that? 
I was like, and I explained the whole thing. Well, I just walked in here and saw this, you know, shadow dart across, and you know, I heard the door slam. But the crazy thing was, was that the door didn't actually move. So how did it make that sound when the door didn't move at all? So I'll get into that here um, a little bit later. But that's the uh, that's the wisp. So the crawler. This is one that's been getting a little bit more popular lately, the crawler stories. Um, just recently, an event at St. Joseph's Hospital in Lorraine, Ohio, um, just like a week beforehand, they were saying, yeah, we saw a crawler in the psych ward, which I thought was kind of interesting because I'd been up there many times and never experienced anything like that. So this is one that's definitely um, a bit more on the nefarious and malevolent side. And I have actually had a crawler experience. So this was out in a uh, Olive Township, Oklahoma. It was a place called Black Bear Church. It's really out in the middle of nowhere. You're, you're going down a dirt road. There's some time, there's one time we were driving down there that there was cows all over the road. Um, just that kind of craziness. And we're like, it was, it was funny. It's a funny clip because we're like, move! You know, <laughs> try to get them out of the way. Um, so it's really out there. So an old abandoned church right across the street is a uh, across a dirt road is a cemetery they have very diametrically opposite types of energy and not the way you would think it so the church itself is like more of a dark type of energy while the cemetery is more of a light type of energy so we'd actually end up going to the uh, the cemetery to kind of lighten up a little bit um but with the crawler that we saw i'm going to show you the uh the church here so we saw the, the crawler down here in this basement. It, it, it crept through one of the windows, and then it kept circling around and around and around us. Um, the medium that was with us at the time suggested that we uh, sing you know, some hymns, say some prayers, things like that, to kind of push it out of there. Because uh, there were a lot of stories about this particular being um, at this church. Uh, we had found evidence. This was after after uh, the church had been abandoned of possibly, I have to say possible, possible animal sacrifices there, like somebody's trying to conjure something. There's this big stone slab in one of the back rooms of the church. You can, um, oops, hit the wrong button. I went way past it. Okay, this is what I meant to do. So I included this, it's an illuminated ball of lights here, so we got all kinds of different activity there, but you see the little stairs here, and there's a, um, a little room back there, and there's like a stone slab on top of a pedestal back there. I don't know what they used it for when it was an operating church, but we did find evidence of like charred animal bones back there and different things like that on the top of that stone pedestal. And there had been local rumors over the years that people were going there trying to conjure things up. Of course, kids had been in there desecrating the place, graffiti, all that. You can see that all over the place there. So we take the rumors with a grain of salt, but we may have found some evidence of that. And then you had the stories of the crawler, and then there are also other stories of these short shadow people that many had reportedly seen coming up to the windows of the church from outside that would actually never go in. So the, um, the premise was that the crawler controlled them and they would stay outside. So I never actually saw the short shadow people. Um, definitely the heavy energy, um, illuminated balls of light, but then the crawler did come into this basement area here. And 
It seemed like the hymns and the, the prayers did work in pushing it out of there, which was, which was a good thing. But we did actually see this thing. It was like long, spindly arms and legs. Um, and it, just, it moved really fast around and around. So that is the crawler. Um, okay, so I did have a slide here on sleep paralysis, and I already talked about that. So <laughs> we'll skip through that particular one. But yeah, I, I, still, I still maintain that there is a difference between sleep paralysis and seeing shadow people when you wake. Two completely opposite things. Um, okay, shadow people is interdimensional beings. So this is, as I continue to research this and collect people's stories, and I am in the process of writing a book on shadow people. As I continue to go through this process of researching what these things are, this is where I'm leaning toward right now. And I retain the right to change my mind. <laughs> But because of that incident that I talked about earlier at Johnny V's, and seeing that shadow dart across the room, and you heard the sound of that door slam. You, you knew for a fact it went through that door. You know, because I banged on that later, like, okay, was this a sound? Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, it was just a flimsy metal door. It did not move at all. So it got me thinking about what in the world's going on in this particular situation. So hypothesis that I'm working with, that I'm going to, of course, to try to prove out, is that, well, there are two different planes of existence, us and the shadow person. And as I walk into the room, I scared it. Again, not all shadow people are evil. I scared it. It took off out of there, and on its plane of existence, it blew through that door. It blew through that door, and it opened and all that, and ran out into the dining room. And on our plane of existence, that sound of the door banging open resonated into our plane. So somewhere there was an opening between our planes of existence. Because I, I could see it, and then I could hear it as well. So that's the, that's the theory that I'm working with right now. We'll see how it comes out as I continue to research and write. We'll see if it holds up. So that's all I have. I'll take any questions if anybody has any. Um, but this is where you can find me at uh, hunterroadmedia.com, mikebricksecker.com. These are most of the books. I need to update the slide a little bit. So, yeah? Now, when we were talking about the um, animal of the church, mm -hmm. I don't know if you know much about the animals, but um, when they're blessing altars, they put um, artifacts of like, the Christian religion, like the altar, and bless it. I'm not sure if you can verify that. Um, well, yeah, we knew that they were animal bones. As far as like artifacts or anything like that, um, that were there, uh, there weren't any artifacts. It was basically stone slab. There was scorching from uh, little fires there, and then a couple of bird animal bones. But we saw back there. Now I don't know how long ago that may have happened before we showed up. You know, because you know, wind, weather. Of course, it's very windy out there in Oklahoma, so things may have been blown around, or somebody may have scattered. Who knows? But I mean, that's that's what we saw. And of course, there were. You know, of course, rumors floating around locally of that happening there. So, like I said, there's no way to know for sure if that is what happened there. It just, that's, it is what it looked like. Anybody else? Yeah. Keith. Hi. Have you ever felt that you were being physically or spiritually threatened in the presence of a shadow person? Did you ever feel like you were in imminent danger? Well, that would be the crawler incident, yeah. That, that was a uh, bit of a frightening moment, because once it came in, you could feel that oppression bear down on you, 
and that is that's one of the reasons why we uh, decided to start you know, singing the hymns and saying the prayers, you know, as it circled us. So that was definitely a moment when that happened. Yeah. Curious as to what you mean by pressure. What is, what is it that you actually feel when that comes? Um, I feel when I feel that it's like my chest, my shoulders, that area right here. That's where I start to feel it. Um, sometimes. I can't remember if it was that particular situation. Sometimes I'll feel it in, in my head as well. You ever have like difficulty breathing a little bit? Or? Occasionally, yeah. Thank you. Nope. Anybody else? In the back. Do shadow ghosts or shadow people have voices? Have you ever known them to make any sound? Is that Carl back there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see you. Yeah, nice to see you. It's been a long time. You know, that's a very good question. So, um, but do you have a very good answer? Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I've ne this is something I've always wanted to do, was like sit down and interview a shadow person. And be like, what exactly are you? Um, I mean, in places where we have seen shadow people, we've caught EVPs. Um, hard to know if it's specifically from that shadow person. Now, with the house there in Edmond for The Haunted, um, you know, as I was doing my questioning about, um, you know, are, are you, uh, I can't remember his name, his first name now, but are you, you know, Mr. Kathy? And I got that EVP back, no, not Kathy. So hard to know if that came from that particular entity. You know, it's possible. Um, but like in any of these cases, like the, the crawler, we didn't hear a voice. Um, the thing with Johnny Visa was only the, the bang of the door, no voice. So I, I haven't really gotten a specific voice from a shadow person, at least that I know of. And my guess is they're probably mute. They don't say anything and that there's an EVP associated with them and their appearances. Yeah, and that very well could be. You know, like the one that I saw in my bedroom when I was a child, you know, it had, I mean, completely faceless. You know, so what would it be using to speak with unless, you know, it's something with the mind and maybe it could, you know, communicate that way. But as far as a voice, I mean, there's no voice associated with that either. So it's definitely, I mean, something to keep researching and investigating and figure out, you know, that, that, that's a great thing to follow up on, definitely is the voice, if there's one. Anything else? Charles? Do you think there's any places around the world in which shadow people sightings tend to be more common, or do you think it's generally even throughout the world? Yeah, another good question. I think it's worldwide. You know, I had that one slide up there with old hag syndrome, and you know, cultures from all over the world over thousands of years have you know, had these experiences. So it's definitely a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. I have questions for Charles. Have you ever, hi Charles, hi. <laughs> have you ever seen shadow figures in the Nathaniel Green Homestead or other uh, historic places you've been? Yeah. Yes. Um, I'll tell you my story. Um, Nathaniel Green Homestead in Palm Tree. I was opening up the museum and once you enter in, there's the dining room, and then there's the alarm. So naturally, my job was to make sure the alarm was off for the cops. And as I'm typing in the um, code, I'm looking over into the dining room, and there's actually a shadow figure standing by the window. It's almost like looking out the window. And all I remember was it just turned around and looked at me, and I think you were mentioning about you scared one of yours, and I think I yeah. scared it too. It just looked at me, jumped, and then disappeared. 
And then, of course, um, I'm going to share the photo with you. There's a photo at uh, St. Anne's Arts Cultural Center of the um, shadow person standing behind um, the counter. At, uh, I've seen that photo, yeah. It's a good one. So that's the only two I can think of. Thank you. Okay. Well, oh, over here. Yeah. Okay. Now that's a little bit of a different one that um, I'll have to follow up on that because I'm not familiar with. He has a dog? Yeah. Okay. You know what? Since you've mentioned it, I will definitely look into that and see if there's some validity to that. Yeah. Certainly. So I think there was another one back here, and then we'll finish up. Yeah, I have a quick question. Um, if someone thinks they have experience with a shadow person, especially like waking up in the middle of the night, uh, when people wake up, they're not always completely aware of their surroundings or completely coherent yet. Right. Is there, are there like telltale signs that can differentiate yeah, you know that, and that's a good question. I, I can only really speak from my experience with it, where because um, really that was the only time that I had actually woken up in the middle of the night and saw that in in my bedroom, and it was you know clear as a bell, and of course it interacted with me. Um, and I've heard so many reports like that from other people, not necessarily the interaction part, but waking up and seeing it. And you're, you're when you have sleep paralysis, you know, like, like I said, I've had it a couple times where, and I was sitting in some compromising positions. <laughs> um, yeah, everything to me in those situations was just dark. And when I was finally able to wake myself out of that, it was just like I was completely wide awake and there was just nothing around. So it's two very different situations. So, uh, but that's something that I'm doing as I'm trying to collect all these different stories from people that have had these experiences of, okay, what have you seen in the room? And even people who have had sleep paralysis, okay, what's your sleep paralysis um, story? And try to see what's you know, common between all these things. Because I have a non-experience, and I, I, I'm not sure one way or the other what Okay. No, well, come by my table later. We'll chat a little bit more about exactly you know, what happens here. Definitely. All right, well, thank you all very much for sitting here and listening to me today. So you can find me again, MikeRickSecker.com, LahanaRoadMedia.com. Uh, you all have a very great rest of the Ocean State Paracon. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for coming out. Great job. Oh, you were actually watching this from out there? Hey, thanks, everybody. We'll catch you later.